All right, welcome into another episode of the greatest people you've never met podcast. Today is actually episode 43. Did some wrong math on the last episode, counting's tough. Uh, joining me today is my dad. Um, he's live in studio, sipping on a Mick Ultra. Dad, thanks for being here. Good afternoon. Yeah. Or whatever time it is when you're listening. Yeah. Good type of day. Good time of day to you. Uh, I didn't want him thinking we were drinking in the morning. Well, that's up for their interpretation. That's wide open. Podcast comes out every Tuesday at 5 a.m. If you listen at 5 a.m., we crack a beer. That might be what you think. So it might be live to some people. Well, well to each his own. Um, for everybody listening that doesn't know you, introduce yourself to the world. Um, well, I've been your dad for 31 years. Yeah. And some change. Um, born in Fairmont, Minnesota. Uh, lived out. Me too. Lived out east um, for five years out in Pennsylvania, a little town called Seals Grove. Seals Grove Seals, yay Seals! <laughs> that was the mascot. Yeah, Seals. Yeah. You know? Did you guys do like the as the cheer? Um, no, no. Oh, that would have been uh, good. Yeah, they they probably have switched to that since. You know? They should hopefully. Yeah. Um, then came back at, to Fairmont and graduated. Came back in the middle of my 10th grade and graduated from there and uh, went to Mankato State, uh, which was actually the University of Mankato, Mankato State at that time. It wasn't part of the University of Minnesota chain at that time. I think it was in the 90s. When it changed to that, um, and uh, came back to Fairmont and lived basically in southern Minnesota, you know, surrounding areas the rest of my life so far. So, in a nutshell, that's it. That's the synopsis. Um, so, growing well, let's start. Let's start with my life. November eighth, nineteen ninety one. What's going through your head? Um, well, when your mom, what, first of all, she thought she was uh, going to have you a little bit later. Um, but uh, about eight days prior to that was the great Halloween snowstorm. Yeah. And uh, took out um, some relatives of your mom's out trick-or-treating on Halloween night. And uh, then at the time we were living out at your grandpa and grandma Jim's farm out by welcome. Uh, wow. South of welcome by Ceylon. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden you were coming to town and uh, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, five miles from, from welcome. And then another five miles really to Fairmont. Yeah. And had a rear-wheel drive car and 20-some inches of snow. And it was a real treat. But um, survived it all. And, yeah. So I don't know really what was going through my head other than get you to, or get your mom to town. You know, that was yeah. probably the most important thing on my mind at that time, you know. And then you were actually, yeah, like I said, you I think you were 
probably like two weeks early, but you know, because I think you were five, five nine, and six pounds three ounces, one ounce, something like that. Five no. foot nine. No, fit. Well, no. Um, you were no nineteen inches. Yeah, nineteen no. inches, and and uh, I'm trying to think of what the pounds were. Yeah, I was thinking five nine. Five, five pounds, pounds nine, nine ounces. Yeah, but it was like, I think it was six point one, something like that. But, yeah, put on a little weight since then. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. About two hundred ninety-five pounds. Yeah, you fit between my uh, elbow and and lay your head on my hand. Is that? Is that? I mean, it's kind of wild to think about, but yeah. seeing a human grow up is pretty nuts, I suppose, too. too. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we all get to go through that. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, did a lot of things change for you when I showed up? Like mentality of life, like talking to my friends, like. I don't think like Justin has, I mean, he was just kind of like, you know, they were ready. Like they wait, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like early in life and like he made plans and like to hear Weston and like, Will and some of my other friends that have kids talk about it, Hank, especially like it just, everybody kind of says like it changes a little bit like life does. What, what, what thoughts did you have in that realm? Maybe none. I don't know. Uh, for me, it changed huge because um, your mom and I were kind of just dating when she got pregnant, and uh, we never did marry. Um, actually, when we just started dating, I was a uh, buddy of mine, and I, uh, the well, the movie Cocktail had come out. I don't know if you've ever heard, remember the movie Cocktail. No. It's got Tom Cruise in it and some different people, but uh, Elizabeth Shue, I think, is in it, and it doesn't matter, but... They become uh, Tom Cruise and another guy become these uh, bartenders that uh, in the summertime they're in New York and in the wintertime they're like in Jamaica or someplace like that, one of the Caribbean islands or whatever. So a buddy of mine, um, Tim, and I were bartending out at the Holiday Inn, which was actually at the time the hottest bar in southern Minnesota. They had bands. Uh, six nights a week, and it was just a huge, huge deal for Southern Minnesota. Right. And they had really good bands, real good bands. And um, anyway, we were going to do the cocktail thing. And uh, in the summertime, bartend in Fairmont and or in the surrounding area, maybe go to Mankato or whatever. But in the wintertime, um, go down south someplace. We hadn't really picked out where we were going to go. Tim actually did go. He went to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, he ended up living there for five years. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was kind of a little bit of a change. Right. Excuse me. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, and then just going forward. I I mean, it's nothing I regret. It's the way things happened. Yeah. And probably for the better, maybe it saved my life. You just don't know because back in the, you know, in the late 80s, well, early 80s and all the way through until you were born into the 90s, it was a it was a pretty wild time, you know, in comparison to what it is now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I think, I mean, it's, in, it's, it's funny to look back at memories. And obviously, you probably remember more things 
than I do, but one of, and I don't know how old I was, and I shouldn't say one of the first memories, but if I think back in my head, and it's maybe because it sticks out because it was fairly painful, was the morning that I put the um, rotor through my hand. Oh, no, you mean the Dremel. Or, yeah, the Dremel drill, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah how yeah. old do you think I was? Um, well, we had the house on Prairie, Prairie. Yeah. where the curves are there, 500, 514. 512. 512, yep, you're yeah. right, 512, Prairie. Um, so I would say that that was 98-ish. So I would have been about seven, roughly. Yeah. Six, maybe seven, depending on when it was. Well, it was summertime or maybe spring. I think Grandpa Jim was supposed to pick me up and take me to Ducks Unlimited, if I remember it all right. That I don't remember, but that sounds that sounds like it could be right. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, that kind of rings a bell. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because your other grandpa, my dad, um, yeah. him and I were downstairs in the basement, and we were finishing the house, so it was probably a little bit earlier than that. Um, it probably was like 97 um, and because bought the house and we were just uh, remodeling it. Yeah. And so we were downstairs cutting uh, baseboards, I think, uh, something like that, trim work of some sort, because I had all my tools down there. Um, and then we'd take the Dremel and drill a hole in it before you hit the nail into it so you wouldn't split it. Right. And so left the Dremel right there on the floor. And um, you picked it up, and all I heard was a bloody curdle scream. You know, it's just like, come upstairs, and you you had already pulled it out instead of backing it out. You pushed it all the way through and backed it out. So, and that was about the time you had like a cast on your on your other arm from riding the bicycle on Welcome. So, I think you lived at Welcome at the time. Yeah, when I broke my leg and my arm in the same summer. Yeah, yeah. So it was about that time frame. And, you know, the thing was with the nurses and stuff like that is like, it's really not child abuse. It truly is not child <laughs> abuse. <laughs> yeah, I still have the scar from the Dremel. You can see it on this hand because on my left hand. Well, I'm sure because you took your right hand because you're right handed and pulled it out. Well, oh, with the drill. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what I was trying to do. I, I think, think mimic what we were doing with the boards and just picked it up and just. Oh, like I, I probably had my hand on the back of the wood, like trying to drill a hole. Or, or mimicking it, just picking it up and just, yeah. you know, like yeah. kids do. And, yeah. Because I, 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 I did something. Well, I didn't do that. But, I mean, when my, my mom and dad were building a house down on Kramer Drive, and I had to be similar age or maybe a little younger, I stuck a screwdriver in the light socket. And my mom was clear upstairs, and she heard this blood-curdling scream, you know, like only kids can do, and, mm. and parents fear the most, you know, like something bad's happened. And, yeah. So, I mean, I think kids, of course, you know, growing up then versus growing up now, I think, you know, things were just different. Uh, it's probably safer now than yeah. it was then, you know. Yeah. Now, I – uh yeah, that day sticks out distinctively, the Dremel drill. Um, One that sticks out for me, honestly, uh, was Kent had bought a garden tractor. And for some reason, we had it over at my place. 
Wait, at Shore Acres or at? Yeah, at Shore Acres. So Ken Beth had moved back to town. Yeah, and I think he bought like a little Massey Ferguson. Yeah. If that sounds familiar or whatever, garden tractor. And you were supposed to come over and mow and rake for whatever, you know, for. Five bucks a lawn was the going rate, I remember. Yeah, I think it was a lot more than that because your telephone bill was a lot more than that back then. But nonetheless, you got on that thing and you, oh, I know how to drive it. I know how to drive it right into the tree. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that one, to be <laughs> honest. Some some escaped my memory. Uh, if we're going to bring Ken up, I do remember their house. Where'd they live in Minneapolis, in Burnsville, like in the metro there, before, um, right when they got married? Uh Apple Valley, I think okay. technically it was in. But I remember there was a mouse trap. This is how sporadic my brain is, but I remember playing on a etch a sketch for like the first time ever. So put your this is the time period we're talking about. It wasn't yesterday, but uh there was a mouse trap behind their big speakers, the surround sound speakers. And I said, You got a piece of cheese back there, and Kent said, Pick it up. And I did, and that trap snapped on my fingers. Well, we're also throwing Kent out of the bus. You remember on the 4th of July when he threw all those firecrackers on Colton and I? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of an uncle thing. I really do. Not to, you know, I know it's probably doesn't go over well, but I'll tell you, um, when I was growing up, my uncle Jim, so it would be the twins' dad yeah. and Marisa and Bud's dad. Um. My grandpa and grandma lived out on the farm up in Wanamingo, uh, just north of Wanamingo, and and uh, they had cattle and all that kind of stuff, and they had electric fence. So we were out there playing, and I, I had to be six, seven, I don't know. I wasn't very old. And my cousin Cherie, uh, who is four months older than I am, was there, and I and Jim with all his kids. And so I don't think the twins were even born yet. So um, anyway, he said, oh, no, grab onto that fence. But you have to grab onto it and hang onto it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not how that works. If anybody out there listening that probably knows about electric fences, that's not how that works. Grandpa Jim always used to just tell me to pee on the hot wire fence. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then another thing he would do is he's like, uh, try horseradish. You'll really like it. Take a big horse, you know, big spoonful of horseradish. You'll really like. So I think it's something uncles do. No, I yeah, I just like to bring it up. I remember, um, well, it must have been Kent and Beth's anniversary one time. They're having some people over, and I was obviously still living back home. And I stopped over, and I had a beer. And they asked if I remembered anything. I remember like Sarah and Ty Totsky were there. Thad and Cheryl were there. Just a couple people sitting out on their patio. And they asked if I remembered anything. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure it was about your wedding. I told that story. And Kent was like, that's not real. And Beth is just still like she, you know, was protective. And so it was just funny to bring that up. And I know that he has friends that listen to this podcast. So there you go. There's the, there's the mean guy in him. But uh, I also... Um, second grade when you bought me my first real bicycle, that Mosh bicycle. Yeah, you were. It was weren't very old, but uh, yeah, that was a, an expensive. Yeah, but it was really 
really nice bike. Yeah, I got all an the, opportunity to get one. I got all the pegs for the stuff that we didn't grind on. Didn't do any of the tricks, but had front and back pegs. That wasn't, I mean. Front and back brakes. Yeah. Um, do you remember me not knowing how to use yeah, them? I certainly do because the back brake. Well, they were both hand. They were both hand, hand brakes. Pedal, yeah. So not pedal brakes. Right. So, yeah, we were going down the hill at uh, on Shore Acres there, going towards uh, the Channel Inn, and you, I was in front of you to make sure you were safe. And next thing you know, you were in front of me doing about forty mile an hour, <laughs> and I'm like, "Don't grab that right brake. Do not do it." Because you're going to go head over heels, which one, and woof, right by me. And you got it stopped. Of course, the tree helped you in front of the channel in. But yeah, I slid right into her. But, I do remember holding my feet down. Yeah. I mean, looking back, eight years old, that's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, Justin Heinrich probably tell you a story too. We had left your house on bikes, and I was actually riding one of like Jack Schmidt's bikes. I'll never forget it. It was like raining. We we're on Shore Acres. We had just left your house. It was Jack, Justin, myself, and the chain fell off this bicycle. And I don't know how or why, but we were probably in seventh or eighth grade. And I just absolutely biffed it, and it was raining. And there was this little shithead kid outside. His name was Josh, and he goes, "That's why you gotta be careful when you're riding your bike." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" But now I do. Bikes, I remember you guys jumping and tearing down the brick wall. Yeah. From my side yard to the backyard. Justin Heinrich was a part of that too. I think he instigated that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, on the side of the house, south side, yep. Where there's that you could ride down the hill. Next from the garage all the way down. Down. And then we were jumping. Well, at first, we were just like ghost riding the bike to see how far. It would go. So we'd come down the hill and then jump off the back of our bikes. And then we always had guys down by the bank so they didn't go into the water. Yeah. I think I know it was Jack was there and I think like Ryan Carlson and maybe a couple other guys. Maybe Ty was even over there. Um, but yeah, I remember them that whole retaining wall just giving out on probably the ten thousandth jump of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then trying to Make sure you didn't notice <laughs> how I would not notice, but well, we tried to put it back together. I know we were eighth grade. So probably 12, 13, yeah, 13, maybe 14 years old. Most of us 12 to 14 in that range. Yeah. You guys were wild little shits back then. You really were all of you. Yeah. I, I remember the old uh, ax spray cans, you know, the ax spray oh, yeah. or whatever deodorant and, Spray and and you guys, um, I think you were over at Will's, but yeah. I, I might have this wrong. No, we were at Will's. Okay, this and, was. Now and a, your mom called me up. Well, I'm just gonna preface this story because this was the beginning of MySpace. This was like the beginning of social media, and so nobody would have ever known. But this was also the height of Jackass, and so we would do stupid shit all summer long with the Hawkins family video camera. And we were just kids. I mean, growing up in the middle of nowhere, what are you going to do for fun? No one's around. It's not like, and and what's funny is your mom called me up and just screaming at me like it was my fault. And I'm like, "Um, first of all, 
he wasn't with me. He's supposed to be with you um, because you were with me on the weekends, and it was usually about every other weekend, and I think Wednesdays or something like that. But when you got old enough, you were just kind of off on your own. and Right. Did, you weren't off on your own, but, I mean, you would, did your own things with your friends. So yeah. it wasn't really tied down to any times that you were – but, but uh, yeah, because she had gotten a call from somebody or whatever that you guys were throwing axe cans into the fire and they were exploding and somebody could oh, get yeah. killed. And now I wish I could watch that video back. Cause I do remember now there's a common theme in these stories of making bad choices. And his name is Justin Heinrich, but Justin is like in that video. And he says, uh, Hey, I think we should put it out. It's not doing anything. And you can see him take like three steps towards this bonfire pit. And then all of a sudden it just, and it does the big mushroom cloud. And yeah, people were not happy with us. Uh, yeah, we were. Well, the whole neighborhood was like thinking like something is really bad has happened. Right? Yeah. Cause I think it was a couple ax cans into a fire. And they thought like, like a house had caught on fire and, I mean, if you lived on the other side of the trees and you just saw that mushroom cloud and then black smoke, you'd think something <laughs> bad happened for sure. It was quite a kaboomer. But yeah, I, I do remember that being a big, a big stink. And it's funny because it's, it's looking back, it's nothing that any of our parents didn't do. We oh. just put it on the internet. Yeah. Well, you know, I always say, um, thank God they didn't have cell phones and thank God there was no internet. And a lot of those things, when I was that age or driving or any of those kinds of things, because the stuff that we pulled, you know, Brad Cohn and, and Scott Fausch and Tori Bramer, because we were like a four, foursome, us four, and I mean, trouble seemed to follow us everywhere we went. I mean, right. every police officer knew us, knew our parents and everything. Uh, just and there was no <laughs> of course my dad was on the city council so i mean everybody knew him and grandma she was a teacher at bud school so everybody knew grandma right and so it was you got by with very little but thank god there was not any of that kind of stuff to document oh yeah everything that that we did and it's only gotten worse i mean we it wasn't as instant. We had to make that choice to put it on the internet because we actually had to take it off of the camera onto the computer onto MySpace, which was, at that time was no easy process. Yeah. And that it's just funny to look back. But yeah, there was a whole video montage of things we did at Will's and we. Uh, Will's wedding or? No, at, no, we entered it into like a. Uh, um, like a talent show at the school. Oh, Devil Duck Productions. I'm pretty sure is what we called that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the same thing as as uh, Jackass. Yeah, basically, it was just ours. I mean, but that's what was popular at the time. I bet if you asked a any 31 year old, 30 31 year old, what they did growing up, they tell about the same stories because that's what we watched or on TV. worse. Right. right. I mean, I I I. I remember talking to an attorney, uh, just talking. You know, they'd come, he'd come into the restaurant, 
and we were talking about cell phones. And he said, I want to tell you something that you make sure you tell your son, because I, I don't think he's doing it now, and I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff, but or that you were doing that stuff, but do not take any pictures or accept any pictures of any kids in the showers or whatever, because right then was the beginning of the, of the phones having cameras. And so many kids at pranks or whatever were taking pictures of other kids in the showers at school or whatever. And it was just, it was pornography. Right. And it was like, not only will he get labeled, but you will get sued because that name, that phone's in your name. So those parents can come after you. And it was a, it was a dawning age of, of, you know, uh, logistic or logistics of, of the phones, the cameras, the accessibility of transferring that information to others and then forwarding and forwarding and forwarding. Right. Right. So it was just like, uh, yeah, crazy time. And especially to be a kid, I'm sure, because, you got all this technology, right? Yeah. You know, we talk about video games once in a while, which I've never been a part of. That wasn't my generation. I mean, video games to us was like Donkey Kong. Atari. And, yeah, 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 right. But you went to an arcade. You right. didn't have them at home. You know, only the really rich kids had that stuff. Like, oh, like Scott Fowler. She was the only one that had one at home. <laughs> but, yeah, so... um yeah, so that was, I mean, for your age group to grow, you know, grow up and become going from a teenager to an adult at that time and having all that accessibility of now the world's at basically at your fingertips, right? Because I remember growing up and being, you know, um, the Vietnam War and Grandma Shelton sheltering us from from the all that was going on there and right. it was so easy to shelter us from it because it was just shut off the tv or you know not have the radio on where you yeah. guys it's just like everything is at your fingertips so yeah you guys were rocking the magna carta encyclopedias yeah yeah and we had google i mean it was we i always say we're the luckiest generation because we i mean obviously not every turn of the century technology but most of them has happened and we've grown with it you know like the cell phone like from when we first got cell phones i had the brick nokia and that was the cell phone everybody had and who knows how long i would have had that phone had colton not thrown it in the lake that day but (laughs) then i got that flip phone but it was just like and it had a camera phone and you could go on the internet and boy, I mean, was it slower than hell looking back, like to go to ESPN took four days to load, (laughs) but it just was like to grow steadily with the technology as opposed to, I mean, I feel like kids now just come out of the womb, know how to run an iPad. And like you, you've had to learn how to run everything where I don't feel like we've had to learn anything technology wise like it's just you kind of were there as it was being developed so right. it was become where the kids today like i look at some of the uh, the uh, young parents that i know and work with that have you know 
kids that are four years old or three years old or whatever and yeah. that right in that age and you're absolutely right they're running an ipad and it's like yeah. you know and and i can't believe some of these young parents that that buy cell phones for their kids when they're uh 10 11 years old sure i mean uh, to me it just seems like that that's too much too much accessibility and i and i know that they can govern that somewhat right but they're not govern they can't govern it all the as, way well like it's not there right. i mean that's one way of governing it right and maybe that's old fashioned but but that's, that's the true i mean everybody will say like well we had cell phones when we were you know 10 11 12 most of us did right in that age but it was all you could only call and then text messaging became big yeah. And like that's when I know you may like to make that joke, but you could have signed up for the unlimited text messaging plan. Well, they didn't have a 10 bucks a month. They or. didn't have that. So, yeah. But I, I, the biggest thing with you at text messaging is you could be sitting like we are right across from each other. And I could tell you no cell phone and you could have it in your pocket. And, and I got to remember, it. this is a flip phone or whatever, or Nokia. Yeah. And your, th- your thumb is on there and you're texting. Yeah. And it's like, Pushing it three times to get C or whatever. And, oh, yeah. And you're not. T9 look- word is what that was called for the young <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but I, I remember you wouldn't even have to look at it. And I remember you talked about Kent and Beth a little earlier, going over to Kent and Beth's and uh, um, you getting in trouble because you weren't allowed to have a cell phone mm-hmm. at dinner time at the table. Yeah, I went to Chicago with them. Uh, Boy, that was probably right before my, oh, geez, I think. Was that eighth grade? No, no, no. I had a, I was working at Cedar Creek Wireless already for Deutscher. So I think I was going into 10th grade, somewhere between 9th and 10th or 10th and 11th, right in that area. And I'm pretty sure I could drive, but it doesn't matter. So it had to be summer going into 11th grade. And I remember going to Chicago with them, and they would always and the girls, yeah. But I mean, the girls were. I I would be surprised if Solvay had any memories of that Chicago trip. She was little, little. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, they would have me put my tape, my phone, in the middle of the table, and Kent would look at his watch, and he would see how long I could go without touching it. And now it's funny because. Fast forward to now, I'd like to play that game with him, you know, like right. anybody. But it's not just I'm not just singling him out. It's just like the way of the world, how connected we all are. Everybody is. I mean, it's sad sometimes to think about, but then it's like, well, it's not like I'm playing games on my phone. Like usually I'm talking to people and it's just like you're always communicating with people. But it's just a wild world to to see the the progression of especially growing up with it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, you talk about a couple things in there, but, you know, uh, when you babysat Bergen and Solvay, when Kent and Beth were out of town for a week. Or I I shouldn't say babysat. I just like house sat for them because Bergen could drive. I think babysat is probably not the right word. Yeah, I think Bergen was a sophomore or a junior had to be sophomore year, or I think it was the end of her sophomore year. So that would have made Solvay like probably eighth, eighth grade, grade, I think, seventh, yes. eighth grade, going yeah. into one or the other. And um, probably seventh, yeah. 
And she's a senior now, so it was probably five years ago. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I just basically just like stayed, slept at the house so that the girls felt comfortable, which is. And they were safe. Right. And yeah. so, but yeah, I remember. They, you were coaching at the time. Yeah. Cause I had weight room every day and then I'd come back from Truman and, right. but yeah, I remember, I'm sure Solvay will hear this in text, but. I thought Bergen was going to be the biggest trouble. Like, cause Ken and Beth were like, Oh, make sure you take their phones at nine o'clock or whatever. And I didn't want to do it. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And I did. And, but Bergen would be like eight thirty, eight forty five. She just brought it up to me, put it on the counter. And then I go get, try to get Solvay's and Solvay would be like, no, it's okay. I can have it. I'm like, well, you can't, <laughs> but that's fine. So no, that's funny, but it, it I mean, but it's it's true. It's just how connected everybody is now. You know, I try to leave mine in the car if I'm gonna. I mean, there's some, you know, you just got to be creative. But it's just a. I think that's the other downfall of my generation is that we've always had it too. You know, and I think I don't. I think everybody's. Not I think everybody's guilty of it. All ages. I mean, even when Grandma Babs is down here, she she likes to scroll on her tablet. You know, like every. It's just everybody's connected to different things all the time now. And so, well, two things. One thing is when I was growing up, I knew everybody's home number in my head. Of course, back then that was even before push button. Right. It was rotary dial, you know, where you just huge roll, you know, and, and had to stand on a cord in the kitchen right. to talk to everybody. So everybody else in the house could hear what was going on. Yeah. But um, but you knew everybody's number, right? right? I still remember Grandpa and Grandma's number, you know, yeah. uh, our home number. Um, but the other thing is, I think it's taken away from the face-to-face interactions, the, all this telecommunications and all these things. It's taken away from that human interaction. And I think it's become those people that are slightly introvert are truly introverts now. Right. You know, where um, a so year I, of COVID doesn't help anything either. Uh, going on two years, right? Really, I mean, because it's still part of our life, right? right? Whether we want to think so or not, but yes, true. Yep. Yeah, it's, I think, I mean, just seeing, I mean, even for you, now you work in ag and you have customers that are, you know, well into their 70s and they text you. Mm-hmm. instead of call you like it's just so wild and it's it's funny because like i get frustrated when like you know somebody will call me and they don't leave a voicemail and then there's the Affleck commercials or whatever right now the progressive ones i think where they're like you're becoming your parents and that guy's like well the phone tells you who calls you know like <laughs> yeah. you don't what have did she to do wrong yeah she left a voicemail yeah. you don't have to <laughs> yeah. you know 90 percent of the time a text would suffice right like that's yeah. what they say but it's just so funny, like how everybody's got a different opinion on it too. And there's it. I mean, it's That's a fair. it's a great tool. I mean, you can connect with anybody at any time, and the world, like you said, the world's at your fingertips, and you can know exactly what's going on. And it's well, it's also dangerous, but it is it's very dangerous. But you know, I look at my mama, grandma, and when computers came out and that kind of stuff. And you got to remember, you know, she's eighty five and she can use she can text and she learned how to text when she was 80 on a flip phone right so i remember uh, yeah but i mean and she 
and you can ask my cousins, and she texts all of them, everybody, she texts every day, all day long. That's all she does is text, you know. But she would say, you know, like, like her, my grandmother, her mother would say, you know, with all this stuff, this technology, it's, it's like the devil. It's like the 666, you know, coming to, coming to fruition, you know, because the Bible would talk about the machine, the 666, it would be the downfall of men. And I don't want to get into a whole biblical deal, yeah, but I think that's all. Yeah. But, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, and then it, it's, everybody is exactly tied to that form of communication or device or whatever. Oh yeah. Name, name five people that have a home phone that aren't your grandparents. Grandpa and grandma are the only ones I know. Grandma Babs doesn't. I don't know anybody else that does. I know. I don't even, I think Tawny's grandparents do, but like, that's it. Those are the only people. And it's funny. Like you were talking about knowing the phone numbers by, by memory. Brandon's is the only one that I'm confident I could call because he has had the same phone number since we were in the seventh grade. I'm not going to throw it out here, but I right. could rattle it off right now. Right. Brandon Splinter's is the only one. I remember. Probably mine. Well, yours is like the easiest of all time. Yes, yeah. I do. But Both I, of mine. Well, the last one yeah. was too. But yeah. it's just like, I mean, I know I know grandma's but in their home phone and grandma Babs's, but like as, as far as you said calling friends, like Brandon and I remember Peshke's, and I don't even know if that's Peshke's old one, if he's got a new one, but I remember it. And like, it, but it's just, you don't even, I don't even know my work cell phone number. Right. Because all you have to do is type it in or, or I say my through. cell is in an email and yeah. it pops it in for me. Yeah. And I've, and I, I mean, it's the first time I've had another phone for work. Right. So it's only a work phone, but I don't know the number. I could have no I idea. I don't even know your cell your My actual cell phone number. Yeah, yeah right? your personal So it's just number. so crazy to I think have about. I it, obviously, but I don't right. know it off the top of my head. But, like, how, how connected but how disconnected at the same time. Like, if shit hit the fan, you'd be fucked. Right. Most be. I mean. Right. Well, look at Chuck. Um, right. For a lot of people who don't know, Chuck's a really good friend of mine. and He called you. He, yeah. yeah, he he needed to call me from a, from a pay phone. And he knew my number, right. but it's the easiest number in the world it to is, know. Yeah. But I mean, he, but he didn't know anybody else. He couldn't remember anybody else's number. Right. Not so, that he didn't feel bad about calling me or I didn't want him to call me. I, but it's just like, you're going to call the one or two you remember and hope to God they pick up. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you go back and obviously this is 40 years ago when yeah. I graduated high school, um, you know, we, we had a lot of friends, but the ones that we would call frequently was probably less than 10. Right. That you would call frequently, you know, oh, your yeah. girlfriend and then, you know, you had a couple other friends, you know, right. that you would call frequently. So it wasn't like it was this huge memory bank of all these numbers that you remember. But No, but it is, it's interesting to think about. And you said that, and that just really popped into my brain. Like, man, how many people... Like, I've been trying to memorize Tons. I have it now. It's funny, the last four of hers are actually the last four of Grandpa and Grandma's home phone. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> makes part of it easier, right? right? So And the area code, you know. Yeah. So, it's, uh, but yeah. So, it's interesting to think about like that. So, as we change gears a little bit, most mad you've ever been at me. 
At you? Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really been like super, I don't know that I've ever been super mad. And I'll, I'll use a term that. Not mad, just disappointed. Yeah, that my mom had <laughs> used, you know, disappointed. And that has been very rare, very rare that I was disappointed. But uh, I think, I honestly, and this probably become a shock to you, is I was running for city council and I was doing it as a kind of a write-in candidate and I didn't get the office, whatever. Yeah. But I was out uh, going door to door and you found me um, kind of out by where Scott and Lisa live now, you know, kind of, and needed to talk. And I'm like, because you were off at college. I'm like, what are you doing here? And I quit school. I was, I was disappointed. I was hurt. I, I, I wanted you to go to school. I wanted you to get an education. And I wanted all those experiences for you. So, I, like I said, I wasn't mad. I was kind of mad, but I, not in the mad in the general sense that you would think. But yeah, I, I was mad because I, I felt that it was something that you would regret going yeah. forward. Yeah. And you went back to school and got your two year and all that rest of that stuff since and, and stuff like that. But, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of anything. Why? What, what comes to your mind that, uh, when, Oh, I do remember one. Go ahead. What, what is it? We were raking the yard, and this is when Amanda and Adam were kind of living with oh, us. Oh, I don't remember this, so yeah, go ahead. So we were raking the yard, and you were inside watching t- No, you're playing video games. And I came in like four or five times and told you to get your ass outside and start raking leaves. Because at, at the ho- that house in Shore Acres, we oh, have like 400 trees. Right. And- literally it would be a foot deep the entire yard correct that comes of leaves yeah yeah and it was like we're all out there and i'm working 75 80 hours a week at the restaurant and it's like a sunday afternoon and you would have none of it and fine i'll call my mom and have her come get me then i'm not coming here anymore because you i can't do anything fun that, do you remember that? No. Yeah, that was probably the maddest I got. Yeah. No, I don't remember that at all. That's but anyway, funny. what was your... When I was 18 and I got that minor in Lake Crystal. I wasn't mad, but I was just like, oh my God. I was mad because dumbest thing of all time. I mean... it That was it, with Richie Haycraft. Yeah, I mean, it? we're all fresh out of college, so it doesn't matter. I mean, or high school. Or yeah, fresh out of high school. Or yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I was 18 years old. Don't don't hate me for my sins. But um, I had, yeah, I got a minor. And it was kind of, I mean, I understand that there's rules and it's, it's zero. But I literally blew like a .07. And it was like, boy, like I. You can, weren't driving either, were you? No. Passenger? Yeah, I was in the passenger seat. I can honestly, to this day, say that I had two beers. And I. I mean, I had two beers after a hockey game with some people, and then Richie and I were coming back to town. 
looked at it as no big deal. And I remember then that that officer who gave me the ticket, he was like, oh, don't worry, you're 18, so your parents don't have to know. And then I remember I was at the gym working out with Richie, and you called me like two, three weeks later, and you're like, hey, you got a letter here from the Lake Crystal Police Department. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds good. But no, I mean, it's no, I mean, looking back, it's no big deal. But it was like, I think you're just 18, and you're like, God, my dad's going to be so mad. It was... You know, it was right after that time. It was, you know, after it was spring. So it was right after I came home and told you I was done with school. And I mean, that's the one thing that I guess I know probably isn't always right, but I'm always proud of is that I guess I'll always be able to say like I did it all my way. I've never been good at taking advice for better or for worse. I've never. Oh, I disagree with that. You take advice and you process it pretty well you do what you want to do but you'll take advice that's fair but i mean so i mean give yourself credit there it's not like you're just off on some tangent and screw it i'm just going to do this because well no that's fair i'm just saying like but at least you're not a follower you know and i like the kids a lot that were that ended up being involved in that bowling ball incident i don't have any thing against any one of those kids jack included any one of them but i was never so happy to find out that you were not involved in that bowling ball incident right yeah i mean it's it's kids being dumb like we talked about but it just it's when something can go bad beyond yeah you know and thank the lord that 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 truck driver was everything killed. in the end turned out okay. Right, right. All right. those guys have become really good people. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, but I have nothing but good things to say about all of them. But it's it is. That's why I'm always. I mean, especially like when I coach now, like you know, going through things in Truman. Like I always remember, like some of the people would be like, "Just cut ties with him. Just let him go." And it's like, man, like it's a kid, like. If we just gave up on people, so especially kids who don't have a clue, you don't have a clue. I mean, I remember looking back with all the guys, all the things that we thought we knew, and then we laugh back on it now. It's like, couldn't be more wrong about anything in life. And you don't think, I mean, how you think at 18, I don't care. You're not going to think that way when you're 30. Very, very few things are you going to still die on the same hills, right? Like your, your mind changes a lot, but it's just such a weird. Well, there's an old saying. There's only one person that knows more than Einstein, and that's a 17-year-old boy. It's the truth. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but no, I just... And uh, I was no different. I mean, I'm sure my parents... Well, I know they were. And, and my brother was just nothing. Kent was nothing but an instigator and trying to get me in trouble. He just, oh, loved it. Yeah. Loved it to get me, you know, I think he thought it would get him off him. And he was no innocent. I'm not going to go down that path because I don't want to, I mean, it's, it is what it is, but uh, he, and I'm laughing, but he would just, you're kind of lucky that you didn't have that and a sibling that would just. Right. Well, um, because then the girls are so much younger than I am. So it was never like. Well, not really. Haley's only what, three years younger than you? Four, five. No, four. She was a freshman when I was a senior. So she's four years younger, I guess. But yeah, I mean, and then Sam was two or three younger than Haley. But I mean, I just, we weren't in the same like social groups ever in that aspect where 
Well, Kent's almost five years younger than me. Well, I know, but it's also a different time. I mean, you yeah. kind of, and you guys, if you look at your neighborhood, like you always say, like Cones live down the street, Dave and Kent are the same age and you and Brad were about the same age. So it's kind of like. The and like Ross's older brother, Mike and I graduated together right. and they lived, they lived a, a block and a half, you know, by as a crow flies or right. two blocks, we'll say away and grew up with the Bernsteins, you right. know, and, and Andy, I don't want to forget Andy because yeah. Andy's a great guy too. So, cause Andy's a year younger than I am. He graduated with Brad and them. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Bramers lived out in the country, right? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we sit, I suppose what, 12 years ago, you sold the restaurant. Right? Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. 2010. Do you miss it at all? 2011. 2011. But, it, but yeah. it's almost, it, yeah, it's 2013. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. So do you miss it at all ever? Absolutely. I miss it. I miss the people, uh, the relationships uh, with the um, other co employees, you know, the yeah. co employees, or, and Probably the most I miss is the the customers because it was you know small town, family style, and you knew seventy five percent of the people because that was your customer base, right? right. They they didn't if they didn't come every day, they came every week, you know, for sure. And uh, so I miss that. Yeah. yeah, I remember a lot of the older people that would come in for breakfast and then come back for lunch and sit there till you closed up and. <laughs> Um, I also, I don't know if you remember this, but it was, it must've been a Saturday or a Sunday. And that was when I think you were paying me probably child labor laws. So if you're listening, write this down. I got paid $2 an hour to wash dishes at CK's. Um, but it was straight cash. Plus, so the probably, plus, probably plus benefits. Yeah. All the chicken strips I could make myself. Um, <laughs> which was a lot, but I, I remember, uh, and cheese curds. Oh Yeah. Anything that was easy to deep fry, once it floats, it's done. That was my yep. extent of my culinary skills at that time. But I remember this couple from, they're probably, honestly, they're probably about the age I am now. I would guess they were mid-20s to mid-30s. And I don't know if you remember this, but I remember stand, it was close to the end of the day, and you were kind of like starting to clean up, and we were in the kitchen. And so I was probably, I mean, Really, probably 12, 13 right there, I'd guess. And all of a sudden, we just heard, like, this scream from the dining room area. And we kind of, like, scurried up there. And then the boyfriend came back all upset and was like, this is a beef patty. And you're like, yeah? And you had, you called it, I think you called it a California burger. Or maybe a veggie burger. Vegetable burger. Vegetable burger is what you called it. But all that meant was it had all the vegetables on it. Right. Tomato, lettuce, onions. What else? That's probably it. Yeah. I don't remember this. But yeah. I, I, and yeah. I remember it so said the girlfriend was a vegan and she ordered the vegetable burger thinking that it was like a, oh. a, a veggie burger now. But yeah, I remember you were like, that. you don't have to pay for it. And they got up and left. And yeah, I, I'll never forget that scream. And then seeing those people, I can almost see them to this day, their faces. But yeah, it was just, that's probably the reason I bring that up is because it's like the first time being 12 years old in the middle of nowhere, 
you think of California as like this, you know, far beyond place and nobody would ever be out there. You could never see yourself being anywhere else than where you're at right now. Right. And then to essentially, you know, live out here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where that's the shit I see every day, all day is just kind of, kind of brings life like almost like full circle where you could never imagine seeing people like that every day. And now you see it every day. So, yeah. And I don't, I, I, I can't imagine that they were locals. No, I know they were. I know they're from California. I remember the whole thing where they said they've, they've been stopping at like tiny diners and fa- that was their thing as they came across America, they were driving I 90 and uh, everything on the menu had meat in it. Correct. And then <laughs> I, I mean, I remember you telling the guy like, Hey man, you got to realize where you're at. Like you're in the middle of the Midwest, like in the middle. This of is beef and pork country. Right. Literally, we raise more hogs than any other county right. in the world. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of in the meat industry here. Yeah. Meat so, and eggs. Yeah. Just interesting thing that I remember, but I always wondered. I mean, I'm I know that you enjoy what you're doing now. You get to go see the country. You get to take time off, come down here, spend time with me. We got to go yeah. to Barrett Jackson on Sunday. So all that fun stuff. But I just didn't know if it was something that you wish you were still doing or not. No, I mean, it, for people that have never been in the service industry, I would recommend that they try it for six months. For sure. Put put some time in. Have your kids. I, I wish every kid... Um, young teenager would have to work in the service industry of some point for six months and they can't quit. Right. It'd be like they're part of their high school graduation. You have to work in the service industry because you learn how to treat people. Yeah. And you learn what work ethic is all about and you learn what there's a TV show called dirty jobs. Micro shout out. Yep. And I tell you what, the service industry, I mean, there are dirtier jobs, obviously, but clean rooms in a hotel once. Right. Um, clean out a grease trap at a, at a restaurant once. Oh, yeah. Um, work 18 hours on your feet as a, and wait tables and have people be rude and mean and, and, and throw off. stuff at you, food at you. And, right. and I, I think people, I think, society would benefit from from that because they would learn how to be respectful yeah to others and say please and thank you and and uh, like you always say appreciate you yeah you know and i think that they would actually mean that they appreciate what that person goes through yeah so anybody listening i mean whenever time you do anything that, that involves the service industry make sure you I mean, always tip, but always uh, a thank you Yeah, can go a long ways for these people. Especially nowadays. I mean, thankful that those people showed up that day. (laughs) I mean, we talked about it last night out at dinner, right? I mean, don't be mad at the waiter or waitress or the cook that's at that restaurant because it's taking a long time. Right. At least they showed up. And that's the biggest thing here is like people get pissed. All the time where they're like, oh, 45. Well, we went to Oregano's, right? Like, that's kind of like a staple when you come out. We go to Oregano's. We all like it. And they're like 45 to an hour. 
okay, no big deal. We'll walk over to Best Buy and piss around for a minute. And everybody gets so upset. They're like, there's tables all over. Well, you're either going to be pissed that you have to wait or you're going to be pissed that they sat you down and you're really waiting because they don't have the people to serve you. So it is a, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's good advice for the world for sure. Yeah. Well, and I spent better part of 34 years in the restaurant business. Crazy. Crazy to me. Well, dad, appreciate you coming on. Means a lot. I will have this forever. Um, So thank you for asking me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. Love you. Um, Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Please like comment, share, subscribe, rate five stars, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe again. Be good. Everybody.